Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I don't have anything right now. I don't. You never have anything. I. That's not mm. true. If you go back and listen to I'm not gonna every episode, you you haven't gone back and listened to shit. Your commitment to this is dog. I live in the now. Fuck. I don't have time to to listen to. The no, you should. You should go back and listen to yourself. So you can, so you can better myself. yourself? Exactly. So number one, right off the top, you should go and listen to yourself and figure out how to fix your fucking voice. And then number two, you should listen to, you know, how you conduct yourself, how you analyze things, and then figure out how you shouldn't do that in future episodes. So a by this point, episode 305, 305, then um, you're not allowed to say that. Then you know how to be as great as I am at this point. If you're new here, what you just heard isn't out of the ordinary, which is we talk about movies and talk about our lives, and I just dress down Samantha as much as humanly possible because this is the medium in which I can do it for your entertainment. So once I try to do it off air, I don't get the shit beat out of me. No, you still get the shit beat out of you. You couldn't beat me up if you tried. Yes, I could, because I've couldn't. done it before. I threw a loaf of bread at your nuts and put you on the floor and wiped you out. Wiped you out. Yeah, we had a bread war the other day. <laughs> and Mullet <randomly. Mama> lost. <laughs> you lost. I had sympathy after accidentally hitting you hard in the neck with a half loaf of bread. How did you counteract I that? You grabbed a full loaf of bread and with threw a full it loaf of bread nuts. and threw it behind me and managed to get the full bean bag between <laughs> my legs from behind. Yeah. And I brought me to my knees immediately. On the floor. You're on the floor. And then you feel so bad. And then, of course, you always, like, crowd me and hover over me. It's like, well, if you hurt me, if you do something, I want you to be as far away from me as yeah, possible. Yeah, but that's not going to happen because that's what you want, so. But you should. You should, you should acquiesce to whatever I want in that moment because you're the one that fucking hurt me. Did I extend your agony? I did? Cool. I'm so, okay with so that. those are crocodile tears. You'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that." You're just fucking putting on. I've maybe cried for real tears. I can count on one hand in our relationship. That's a bunch. That's of a bullshit. That's a bullshit. That's a what lot. today? <laughs> August second, two thousand twenty. We just passed our. Six-year anniversary of the podcast. Congrats. Can't believe it. God damn it. Uh, this year is just flying by. It is. This year is crazy. These past couple weeks have been even more out of the ordinary. 
We're, we're recording this in the midst of quote unquote a tropical storm going on outside. Pretty lackluster. Can't even bring it tropics. I don't want to fuck it. <laughs> like everything going on. It's the last thing I want is to have fucking storms hitting us now. Um, not busy weekend. Just running errands, doing fuck all, um, playing some games. Uh, your boy is currently on a three game winning streak. Uh, with the new Disney villainous series, uh, the Marvel one. So I have not been defeated in three consecutive games uh, as that. Mm. Uh, too much controversy and much arguments here in the house. Uh, what else? What else you got going on? What else you watching? What else you doing? Anything? You just going to sit there and uh, fucking do yeah, whatever no, on your not phone? Doing a, not doing a whole lot. Cool. Never. Never. Cool. You make this so difficult. I know. So, we have a movie to discuss that, uh, before we get to the movie that we are doing today, in another installment of our Wrap It Up series, we went back and are watching all the movies that are part of a film franchise we've already covered, that maybe came out after the fact, or we didn't own at the time, Mm -hmm. which is why today's episode is Solo. Star Wars movie. Star Wars has been a little bit difficult on our podcast. One of the one of the more very, very irregular series we've tackled. So this podcast was in its infancy, and it was about a year and a half in when the seventh installment of the Star Wars saga hit theaters. Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which we were all, we were very excited to see, but huh. we both realized that we hadn't really seen the original trilogy in quite some time. So. We did that for the podcast, because our, one of our first, like, special, like, breaking the rules type podcasts mm-hmm. that we did. Mm-hmm. And then we, when Last Jedi came out, we broke the rules again and just did The Force Awakens on the podcast. We did. We did. We do not own the prequels, even though we, we each, you've seen all three prequels, I correct? I have not. You've never seen the prequels. I've okay. seen just uh, whichever one with Jar Jar Binks, and then the I didn't one. watch Phantom, yeah, uh, anything else because okay. why would I? Yeah, I'd seen. I've seen Phantom Menace a couple times. Seen Attack of the Clones once because that's enough, and then I saw uh, the Revenge of the Sith three times in theaters because I just kept getting dragged to it, and also mm. I could get people in for free. It mm. uh, sounds like it's a terrible. It was pretty bad. Uh, including a story I think I've told in the podcast before where Keaton and I went one time and there was a father sitting behind us with like his four-year-old child. And, and the it, kid had to go The pee. kid had to go pee at like the climax of the movie. He's like, shut up! Um, so we saw Last Jedi. We're not fans, like many people. Saw Rogue One. We're not fans. Like many people. I think that one's kind of got a better reputation now. Um, so... Yeah, and then just because of scheduling and and reviews, never got a chance to go see never. this today, Solo, mm-hmm. Star Wars Story. So I bought it for dirt cheap on Black Friday this year uh, on DVD, which we didn't even use. We just watched it off of Disney+. Plus. The first we've ever done, I was like, well, the this first, is just the DVD. Yeah. It was like $4. That's why I bought it. I was like, that's not going to be gr- the best quality, so let's just watch it on Disney+, Plus to get the better quality. But I wanted to have a... I wanted to be able to have a full list from worst to best of Star Wars. And I wanted to conclude what we started many years ago. So we sat down the day before we watched Solo, A Star Wars Story, and watched Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, which we had not seen yet in theaters or, or whatnot, but now being on Disney+, Plus, we were able to watch it. 
So we watched it. What we did you think? We made a mistake and we watched it. It's very we made true. Made an error in judgment and watched it. I didn't like it. I didn't yeah, like, I didn't it. like it, it. And I. And then now, and it, it really hurts me so much because, after the last Jedi, after the Rise of Skywalker, I said to you, I was like, did we like legitimately overhype the force awakens like was the force awakens actually not that good i do i think a little bit of that is true but but i think it was just so good just how they introduced the characters and these characters that they created and this dynamic between them i think is just so good it was on tv the other day and we just put it on and it was just so enjoyable for me and, which is terrible that the bar was set so high and it got worse and worse. Especially because they... It's not like they have terrible actors. Like, no. the three people that they chose for the mains um, are really, really good. I think here's the problem. In, but Rise of Skywalker sucked! It was pretty bad. I have it... I have it it didn't the, make any sense! Of the 11 Star Wars movies that have been released in theaters, and I'm not counting, like, the Clone Wars or any of the other stuff, I have it ranked ninth on my list. Uh, only above the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones in that order. Uh, the problem is that they didn't have one single solitary vision throughout. They let each person tell their own story. Each of the directors, Whereas, yes. ultimately, the original trilogy, it was George Lucas. He didn't direct all three movies, but in the same thing with the prequels, he was the person that was guiding all of it. Ryan Johnson had a definitive idea of what he wanted to do right. with a Star Wars movie. Me, personally, I didn't agree with it. I don't think that it worked. He, I will give him credit for taking chances and yeah. taking risks and trying to do something that's out of the norm. But, ultimately, I wasn't a fan of it. Rise of Skywalker was J.J. Abrams being like, Okay, yeah, yeah, none of that stuff matters. I'm just going to retcon and fix whatever I can for whatever my vision was. But ultimately what his vision was, was just boring and just more of the same old Star Wars tropes and stuff that we've seen. So it wasn't imaginative, it wasn't fun. It did have some really, really sweet moments, but there's also there wasn't a lot of drama because something, what happens, like, oh my god, did that happen? And then like five minutes later, oh no, no, it didn't happen, don't worry about it. Or then like something would happen that was dramatic, it's like, wait, did that happen? Uh, oh, okay. Oh, what? Yeah. So yeah, I was not a fan of it at all. Uh, I just it just doesn't make. Any I, sense. I ultimately I liked Last Jedi more, which I thought would be it would be impossible. At least Last Jedi had some ump behind it. I have Last Jedi right before Rise of Skywalker at eight on my list, but I think those ultimately, I think the first two prequels, the, list, the yeah. last two, the the first two prequels and the last two of the sequels. I think are the worst four Star Wars movies. But that brings us to where we are right now. We watched the second, quote-unquote, a Star Wars story, if you want to call it that. Sure. Uh, movie, a solo a Star Wars story. So if, if you're going to order these in terms of chronologically, it would this... have to go, no, so it would go, the, it would go the prequels, so episode one, two, and three. Then and then this... it would go... This, this and uh, Rogue and then Rogue One. At the they, I think that they're simultaneous. No, 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 because Rogue One directly ties into New Hope. Because remember, the end of Rogue One is Vader 
going on the ship that he oh, ultimately yeah, yeah. So this, yeah. So this is this Rogue is Rogue like twenty, thirty years still. Then Rogue yeah. One, then Yeah. Uh four, five, six. Uh-huh, and then seven, eight, nine. And then Mandalorian would find itself right in between episodes six and seven. Because it's after the hmm. Yeah. Which shout out to Mandalorian, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, and hopefully I'm gonna get a chance to talk about it uh oh, on a blank slate. Give me all that baby Yoda Over the next couple weeks, um, love... Rich and I want to do an Emmys. It got nominated for best, I got nominated for a bunch, but nominated yeah. for... Uh, music. Well, we got nominated for Outstanding Drama Series, drama which series. is a big surprise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Solo, a Star Wars story. Samantha, it is your turn to read the box. Please go ahead and do so. <clears throat> Buckle up for the ride of your life aboard the Millennium Falcon. Through a series of daring escapades, Han Solo befriends his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca, forging a bond that will alter the fate of a galaxy. Director Ron Howard helms this epic action adventure written by Jonathan and Lawrence Kasdan that makes the jump to light speed and doesn't slow down, says Ash Crossan, ET Online. Tried to quote it, but that's okay. I was oh. like trying to quote it. Okay, well, also, sorry. I noticed there's a typo on here. They didn't capitalize Jonathan. <laughs> I noticed that when I. <laughs> no, it's no, cap. it's not a cap. Yeah, it's a cap. It just looks awkward. It's a cap. Okay. Um. Very good. So, didn't watch this. Is the first Star Wars flop. Ever in Which, terms of box office in terms performance, of box office, yeah. well, in terms like so, it was critically fine. I think it was high sixties, low seventies on Rotten Tomatoes. I I think I think I agree with the consensus of people. If I can mm-hmm, give one overarching mm-hmm. review to this before mm-hmm. we get more in depth on it, in that it's fine, it's inoffensive, it is wholly un. Necessary. Completely unnecessary. And if anything, it's detrimental to the aura and the mythology of the character I of Han Solo because this movie does things that, to me, having watched all of them now, fly in the face of what I think makes that character tick. I agree. And what my imagination and what I would reckon is being laid out groundwork wise earlier on as being, like, what his past was. <laughs> I agree. And it's just... I agree. I think it It just wanted... I There were just many elements of it that I didn't think were necessary at all. I mm-hmm. like the idea. I like, I like seeing him and Chewie meet and how they bonded and what tied them together. I do to a certain so point. Long. I do to a certain point. I would much rather just see them, like... In the on middle, an exactly. I would rather see them like five years into their union, their their domestic partners. <laughs> they are. Uh, their heterosexual life mates. It's like it's like, like it's Jane, like, Silent Bob, like, and me and Rich Campbell. Right, exactly. Uh, but I would rather see them down the road, just in some fun adventure, mix them up. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a mix them like, up. I'm a talky, as opposed to like a lot. What a lot of this movie sets up is things. It's all fan service shit. Which we've gone over on several different franchises and several different uh, mediums is being sometimes fine. Like in Rise of Skywalker, spoiler at the end of the movie, Chewie gets his medal. Fucking 80 years too late. But, you know, but in this, it's like, oh, how'd he get the last name solo? Oh, he was by himself. 
Oh, how did him and Chewie meet? Oh, Chewie was supposed to be set up to eat him. Oh, how did, um, how did he get the nickname? Oh, he's just too lazy to say Chewbacca all the time. Oh, what about this mythical castle run we've seen forever? Oh, it was just some really long and boring sequence. Like, it takes away from the initial right. mythology of right. it all oh, by the, seeing it happen. And then right. there's also, there's no drama behind anything because you know in any of these action scenes, Han ain't getting killed, Chewie ain't getting killed, right. Rando ain't getting killed. Right. Like, all these tertiary characters who you have no emotional attachment to. Are the ones who get, die off and you're like, fine well, yeah, that makes sense because I didn't right. see them. Right, exactly. Like, you knew that they weren't going to make it. So, or that something happened yeah. and they went some other direction. This is also interesting because, so it was the first out-and-out flop because people just weren't feeling it. Like, like kind of like for the reasons that we said, and the proof was in the pudding, but also it had, again, creative difficulties. In that, A lot of creative difficulties. Well, they hired uh, Two different Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, right. who are outstanding in Wonderful. everything they do. Wonderful. The brainchilds behind the Jump Street movies, behind Clone High, uh, they were the creative forces behind uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. You know, everything they touch turns to gold. But they the have a very, very... Uh, the Lego movie, they have a a meta way of doing things. Mm -hmm. They also, you know, have some creative liberties they like. They like to, you know, adhere to some improvisation and, and get some opportunities to have multiple takes for options. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, Disney and, you know, the Disney. Star Wars crew just wasn't feeling it. They wanted... They don't like that. They wanted to hit their fucking beats and they wanted their normal shit. So they got pulled for Ron Howard, who, uh, doing research, was one of the people who almost did the original prequels. If George Lucas wasn't going to do it himself, he was really? one of the people that was, like, tasked to do it. Just like he was also tasked with almost doing, I think, Force Awakens. And so then he came on, and I think he does a fine job. He had to give his dipshit brother Clint another fucking gig. Uh, they didn't put any fucking makeup on Clint Howard to look like a fucking weirdo in space. Tell you that much. Um, but, like, there are, like, two or three moments in this movie where there's just really odd-placed jokes or really oddly-timed things. And I'm like, hmm, that seems like a Lord and Miller thing that just, like, somehow made the cutting room floor that they just didn't take out for some reason. And it makes me want to be like, oh, like, what was their version? What was that yeah. going to be? Because, to me, it would have to be better than this. Again, not that this was bad. This was just, you know, it's It's fine. It's fine. I have this as on my aforementioned list. I have this, oddly enough, as number five on my list, which put the Star Wars film franchise in, into a huge perspective for me in that, like, to me, there's really only four good Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. the, the original, original trilogy and Force, and Force Awakens. I agree. Rogue One, I was disappointed with. Revenge of the Sith of the prequels is the best one, but that's not giving it a, a glaring review, just like I'm not giving this a glaring review. You know, that's... It's not great. So I have this fifth, and like I know what my score for this, uh, as of right now, unless what, from us talking through it is gonna well, is gonna dip it a little bit. I mean, well, let's get into some stuff, okay? So I mean, we've already talked about a lot of it. The story itself is flawed, right? So you're talking about Han Solo, and you're getting his how he came to be, right? How he came to be the best fighter pilot best pilot in the galaxy mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, right? A, a, a smuggler, uh, not 
he he didn't fight for the rebellion and he didn't fight for the empire, right? Like like yeah. like when we're introduced to him, the first introduction to him, he's like a pirate. Yeah, he's right? a scoundrel. He's a scoundrel. And he's, this movie does nothing to change. And he's so. I felt like he's like a womanizer, scoundrel. Like he becomes a good person. This doesn't back that up. Right. He's supposed to not. He's supposed to do. Like for me, Han Solo's always been the character. Like, and obviously, all these characters are gonna fall into some kind of like trope or type. Mm -hmm. That's just how things are, right? He was always the character who, he's like he's the bad guy, but he has a heart, so he ends up doing. Good things like when he turned around, like the end of New Hope. At yeah. the end of New Hope, because you, you just read the just, book yeah. to Jillian. I read Jillian the Golden Book version. Like when he, like I, when yeah. he came and intervened sure. in New Hope, right? Like but this like, movie is like riddled with moments like that already. Like he, come, he, like he runs out to save Lando in the midst of them escaping, right? And it's like to me, that's not. Right, Han. Han was always himself first, and right. then him and Chewie, because now that's his partner. Right, like them first. Like he didn't want to get caught up in all mm-hmm. of this kind of stuff. So it it really does go against this backstory that Ke- we have in our head. I think Kira even has like a like a, a scene, like a fate, like a close up scene with him at one point where she kind of like spells out like basically exactly what you said. And I, like, I was watching, I was like. What? Like, it, like you like, want to be this person, but you're not. And it's like, no, he's supposed to be this person. Right. It was established. Right. So don't don't and make it. Who the fuck is this Kira? Who the fuck? That was my first note. Who the fuck is this Kira? Who is it? Who is it? Well, we'll never know because they're not going to delve any deeper into this because she she survives she? and she's along with Darth and, Maul. And, and, which is a whole other thing because other, thing. another thing I hate about this movie is, and I, another thing I hate about cinematic universes now, even Marvel to a certain extent, is you get you shut no, the but, fuck but up. Let me, is that you have to invest in mm-hmm. everything if you want to get if you a want full, that payoff, right? If you want Marvel, that payoff, Marvel. Up to this point, from what we're recording right now, it's been minor. So like, no, it hasn't. What has? Because and here's why I reference that. Like, if you go see all the movies, you're fine. And most yes. people go see all the movies. Okay. Or catch them at some point. Fair. But even like the last couple Avengers movies, when you had like so and so be a part of like the the Agent Carter television show. Uh huh. In a, in in a brief scene with Peggy, or like a character from Shield, or a crossover reference, or whatnot. It's like if you don't get that, then those are just Easter eggs you're kind of missing. Whereas this, it's if you're sitting in that theater and you just watch the Star Wars movies and you're sitting there and you know that this is supposed to take place before uh, the original trilogy but after the prequels and you get that much and you see Darth Maul, you're like, yo, what a cool surprise. I saw that motherfucker get chopped in half. What? You don't know from Clone Wars. The only reason I know is from doing research for it because I got, I, we didn't see this movie but I knew it was coming from Star Wars fans on Facebook talking about it or getting leaked in articles or whatnot. Um, is knowing that he's a big part of Clone Wars. He survives that moment in uh, Phantom Menace. I just said that I didn't watch any of the prequels. Well, we obviously you know that he lives. He survives and he gets well, like now. fucking spider legs. He he's got like you know the baby, the baby spider thing from Toy Story. That's Darth Maul. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's Darth Maul. Uh, so he so he survives that, and he and you know he's he's like the main bad guy in the Clone Wars. 
So, but like, if you don't know that you're sitting there, it's such a break in continuity and such a break from your immersion that it's a fucking thing. The same way, to a lesser extent, but the thing I'm worried about Mandalorian, uh, for Mandalorian, there's a, a moment at the end of one of the episodes where there's like a little Easter egg and there's somebody walking towards a body and it's almost guaranteed it's Boba Fett. And it's like, why do you have to do that? Like, why do you have to throw those things out there for people that might not catch them that are going to be integral, that are going to take people out of it. And also, why do you have to retcon all your fucking good villains back right. in when I mean, you shouldn't just fucking kill them in the first place? Um, yeah, I agree. And then... So so that bothered me. But, and she bothered me in terms of a character just because, again, it flies in the face of, all right, so Han was an orphan this whole time and he had this person. I didn't care about this very early. The whole opening, so you get a different text scroll. Mm-hmm. You just get, like... Words. Flash flash words, not like scrolls, but it was still long winded. And then they're on the run, and then fucking Roz from Monsters Inc. is this like underground boss, or uh, the fucking Bugs sister from Men in Black, which was a letdown in that they build up really quickly in a couple minutes. Oh, this Lady Proxima, this Lady Proxima, this big bad villain. And it's just this slug bitch. And then. It's just muddled. It's just a muddled mess. They go on the run, and then they try to get on the ship, and they have to bribe somebody with this, and then she doesn't make it, and then he has to find his way into recruitment, and now he's a soldier. Like it just was, and you don't have a lot of. It time should have to... montaged when, and it didn't montage. I guess. I guess. I guess but, it's the way the way to put it. But yeah, it just tried to fit so much into his backstory in in one movie. But it just had so many different things and so many different characters that took away from it. And I don't know. And then, like, the whole thing they were trying to push, like, when Beckett was like, well, don't trust anyone. That's and it the totally whole thing. telegraphs. Right. And it telegraphs everything. But then, but it's like, but, huh? And then it, I think it's trying to make it be like that Samada that Han then adopts, but it's not really because he still has chew. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like it did the same thing for me that Rise of Skywalker did. I thought Rise of Skywalker took everything that they were building in Force Awakens mm-hmm. and just shot on it. It just shot on it. There was no reason in Rise of Skywalker, spoiler, for, for Ray and Ben Solo to kiss. make out and kiss. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I get that they're a dyad. I get that they're two halves of a whole, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's romantic. I mean, Luke and Leia are two halves of a whole, but they're twins. Like, I, so for me, it just really bothered me because there was nothing romantic about them in the first one of those three movies. And in this it just completely took everything that we know and love about Han Solo and fucked with it. There were some good parts in it, like <clears> you said. There were some good parts in it, some great So what, what are some of your, your good parts? Finding out that Chewie eats people. Chewie, it, that, that, that part of the history, now I'm glad I know. Chewie's my favorite part of the movie by far. By far. Everything Chewie is great in the movie. He's as soon, great. As soon as he's introduced, it, he just makes everything better. The dynamic with him and between him and Han, I do think they did a good job. I, th- I, I have that note here. I think that they did a good showing job showing that dynamic. their bond and their connection. Mm-hmm. That dynamic. Um, yeah, I liked that. So um, I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed. Um, 
the back man, of it. he finally he, rips somebody's arms off, and you still don't fucking see it. It cuts away, you hear the noise, and you turn back, and Chewie's got, just got arms in his hands. I know. Come on! Show it to me. Yeah. But Chewie is the best. I'm not going to give the guy that's Chewie the MVP. No, no. Uh, I, no, I Donald Glover's the MVP. I'm so sorry. You didn't like Donald Glover in this? I do like Donald Glover. I do not think he's the MVP of the movie. Uh, we will get there later on. I, I, oh, man. I okay. think he's great, in fact. I think he overdoes it a little bit. I, I think... So we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. We'll get there. Um, so I like that. The poker scene is my favorite scene in the movie. The first poker scene where he is introduced. It's not poker. It's the fucking po- It's Snarklack or whatever the fuck the game's called. Snarkflat is the pipe in, in The Little Mermaid. That's, what are you talking about? That's where Ariel what gets all... What are you all, talking about? That's where Ariel gets all of her no, things. Scuttle. 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 Watches Star Wars. Um, Sana. 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 Sana Lathan from AVP. Uh... <laughs> But, and even, like, the other heist when they're trying to get the Quaxium, which is the MacGuffin of the movie. Um, I fucking hate you. Can't believe you just stole my thunder. <laughs> it's, uh... What the fuck, man? The, the heist stuff is fine, but everything related to that stuff earlier on with Beckett and Val and uh, Rio, it's, like, a little too, like, serious and rough around the edges, and it just makes it boring. And my expectation of a Han and Chewie movie is more fun and more, like, hearted a little bit. And that's why it makes me wonder what Lord Miller's, like, vision for it really was. But then without it, it's just all there. And there's, again, there's no emotional attachment to Rio, really. I think he's a fun little character, you know. John Favreau has the most distinct fucking voice known to man. Oh, my God, yeah, of course. He's actually on my short LVP list, but I don't think it's going to be him. No, I think he did a fine job of what You know he why? Because he was trying to be Steve Buscemi, I feel like, too much. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but there was times where I felt that character was given, like, exposition a lot, and Favreau, like, doing that, it just didn't kind of work for me a lot of times. But I don't and think when, that that's his fault. But then when he goes down, you know. That was, like, emotional. Sure, but it's still you didn't catch Val, I didn't give a fuck about it at all. Like I don't even know who think, who's that. That's that's uh, Beckett's uh, ah, wife that gets oh, killed. Yeah, Thandie yeah. Newton. Okay. Who is another person on my LVP yeah, list who we, we can get to later on. Uh like it's all just there. And then it happens, it goes down. There's a brief scuttlebutt about what they're gonna do uh to for uh fucking Rich Voss or Dryden Voss, whoever the fuck, Paul Bettany's character. Paul Bettany, who owes his life, Rich Voss from Last Comic Standing, is who I'm referencing, for all you Last Comic Standing fans out there. Um, for you one Last Comic Standing fan For Rich there. Voss, uh, Paul Bettany, who I think is just, who's just owned by Disney now. <laughs> he, he used to do voices in everything, and now he's, he's just it, in well, everything. So, Ron Howard had to reshoot, like, over half the movie... Mm-hmm. Um, the original person playing that character was Michael K. Williams, uh, Omar from The Wire, which would have been much better, I feel like, and much more foreboding and much more ominous than evil. Why did they change him? He wasn't available. He, he couldn't, like, it wasn't like that he got replaced. It was, hey, we're doing these reshoots, can you come? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm in something else. So he, they couldn't make it. Oh, wow. So they had to totally re- add even more to redo, and they got Paul Bettany. Huh. But you look at a picture of Paul Bettany, you know, a picture of Michael K. Williams, and they're the two totally different. Michael K. Williams looks closer to Vision than he does Michael than he does Paul Bettany. Um. So, but that's just another example of like random fucking characters popped up out of nowhere 
that again you're supposed to like have some kind wow, of yeah. fear or attachment or something to. I think and they, they establish him in the scene after Beckett's wife is dead, and then all of a sudden, really, it's Han and Chewie's fault that she dies because they make a conscious effort to to save to save the people that they can as opposed to whatever else. But it's like you're coming with me, and you know, and everything's fine. And it's like we're again just. I feel like that's just the whole pace, the whole yeah. fucking time. That being said, halfway through the movie, I thought we were like 80% of the way through the movie. Yeah, it was, it, it was very long. It, 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 it felt very like a, a slog, and even though it's at this pace. Right, it's very action-filled, which is great, which is what you want. Is You want it to be filled with action, because that's, that's the backstory you want to see. But it was just slow, slow moving. Yeah. So, slow moving. And, and there's a lot that feels out I, of place, yeah. which and you I, get from creative difficulties. Right, and I think that exactly what I was just going to say. Like, And I think that, that this movie heavily suffered from changing the directors, changing the vision, changing yeah. this, changing that, and still trying to fit in everything that they could. Like, Because stuff feels out of place. It does. It, it, it does. And then there's a lot of, like the last 30% of the movie, there's just all these random swerves, and you don't know who's on whose side. Uh, that the the person you thought's been like the fifth villain the whole time is just like this teenage girl that's a part of the rebellion, and then of course Beckett it turns on Han, and then but Han knew it was but gonna Han happen. knew it, and then Kira you're not sure whose side she's gonna be on, and then, but then she's, she's still kind of on that side, and then there's a, a a standoff, and Han definitely shoots first, ha ha ha. Um, didn't hesitate and flinch, but then like he's still kind of sad because that's his mentor, and it's like, uh, just let's let's just let's just get on the fucking ship and go, <laughs> just fucking go, yeah, just fucking end it. Um, to reiterate what I mentioned earlier, the one thing I was hanging my hat on is the Kessel Run thing. As soon as like he gets introduced, I'm like, okay, we're gonna see the Kessel Run. This right, is so like this, cool. This amazing Kessel Run that he does in twelve parsecs, parsecs. and it's how just, much controversy's been over that. And it's just nothing. I did like the. There's like some space se- Chathulu. <laughs> I like the sequence. Dude, I like. Couldn't it, get up for but it, but I just, I just don't. I don't know. I felt like it should have been more. Like I felt that was low on more low on action than like the beginning, where I feel like it should have been opposite. Sure. Like. Yeah. I get that. like so. I feel like they put more eggs in the first heist basket in terms of, like being a big fucking like. The explosion scene. and yeah, this and these people died and, and the Kessel Run. I, I figured the Kessel Run was, was going to be. Calm. I thought that was going to be the climax. Right. Right. And I think that was part of what I said about like like the timing and space in the movie. Like the Kessel Run happened and it's like, oh wait, we're like we still gotta go like give this coaxium to somebody and then whatever else the fuck is gonna happen. Cool, man. Can't wait. Um let's get let's get into per- some performances. Let's settle this MVP debate. So your MVP is Donald Glover. I think Donald Glover did I think he does a, a great, great job. Great job. I think from the minute he comes on the screen, like I just got Lando. Well, yeah, he, I got. I th- I think that the casting was perfect, and I think he did a really great yes. job being that charismatic. Billy yes, Billy D. Williams, but just charismatic, very like fluid with his 
capes and fucking robots, <laughs> which fucking is a, the robots. which is an odd thing to add to that character, but I get it. Uh, but you know what? It fits. Why did you have to go get lotion on your hands after that? That's the weirdest thing of all time. It fits. Squirt, squirt. My hands are really dry. That's that is uncomfortable to sit here and watch. Um, the one thing I did like that got like retconned is. Uh, Lan- uh, is Billy Dee Williams' uh, constant mispronunciation of Han Solo. It's just him being a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah, uh, I like that. So, to my point, I-, I think that he is great. There are moments where I think he overdoes it. My envy... Uh, there was a couple moments when uh, when they're, like, they're walking to the Millennium Falcon. He's Like, when he's delivering exposition. I guess, but I think it's because, it's because Han Solo is such a dick... That he's trying to be more of a dick. And maybe you don't realize this because you're such a dick, but Mm -hmm. when you're around other people who are dicks, you try to out-dick them so much, it gets to be really extra. Like, honestly. Point taken. Uh, My MVP is Alden Ehrenreich, the guy that's on I thought he did a really great so here's, job. So here's my pitch to it and why I think it is ultimately better than Billy D. Williams. Uh, sorry, Donald Glover. Is, and that wasn't even a Freudian slip, was that Donald Glover is doing an impersonation, largely, of Billy D. Williams and, and getting the essence of the character. I do think that there are times where uh, Alden Ehrenreich is trying to match the cadences and the facial expressions and the motions of Harrison Ford. But he doesn't look anything like him. A a minor resemblance. Like, I could see it. You know what I mean? But he just embodies the character to me. In terms of his attitude, in his demeanor, I don't think that any of the character things that we mentioned earlier about Han are through his performance at all. I think think they're all through the script and the story being told. I think that he encaptured Han Solo really, really, really well, particularly in his um, interactions with Chewie and in, like, piloting the Millennium Falcon and doing things like that in kind of his swagger, his interactions with Donald Glover's Lando. That, to me, stood out more as being valuable. Because if you don't get that right in this movie, this movie's even worse. This movie isn't... isn't and, so and Lando well. is not in it that much. So I think that he is more valuable than Donald Glover is. Because you could have gotten somebody else to be Lando and it wouldn't have been as good, but then that's just a 30-minute chunk of the movie that's not as good. Whereas if you don't get this right, can I read you some of the people that were almost Han Solo? Yeah. Miles Teller. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? There were some others. Taron Edgerton. I think Ansel Elgort was another one. Like, all, Wait, all those fucking... All, the, all those people... Did you made just name four different people? They're all the same person. And somehow, this is the guy that's not getting work. He has not done anything since this. But I feel bad for him. He was, uh, he was uh, heavily lauded after Hail Caesar, which we have not seen, but we own, and we'll watch at some point. That uh, Coen Brothers film that didn't do so great. That's kind of what put him on the map around here. I think he's on some bullshit Amazon show now or something. But that that's my pitch. If you ultimately don't agree. No, I mean, you make some good points. I mean, Yeah, that's that's fine. So we're going to go with him? Yeah, we can go with him. Okay. Let me write this long-ass stupid name. Can you... 
Let me. I'm just gonna give you the box. It's just so many A's and L's and E's and H's and N's. It's just a, just a dumb name. That's part of the reason why I didn't want to give him MVPs. I didn't have to fucking say it and read it. I'm just glad it wasn't on the back of the box. I was hoping it was on the back of the box. Uh, so that's MVP. Uh, people that are not MVP but are not LVP. Woody Harrelson's always going to be fine. I, he seems out of place in a Star Wars movie. But Woody Harrelson's in everything. Yeah, he really everything. is. He's in, like, every... I'm surprised that he didn't come up with a British passport and make his way into the Harry Potter series. He's in, like, every kind of, like, series or type of movie. You don't even know he's going to eventually be in the MCU if, depending on what they do with uh, Spider-Man and Venom because he's Carnage. Well, I didn't know he was Carnage. I didn't see Venom. It's, it's, it's the, the post-credits is... Uh, Spoiler alert, if you didn't fucking see fucking Venom. As uh, Tom Hardy goes to interview uh, Cleus Cassidy in the post-credits, and there's Woody Harrelson sitting there, and I shit you not, like a sideshow Bob-esque wig, because Cleus Cassidy's a redhead. Uh, and and the last line is like, well, if I get out of here, there's going to be carnage. And it's like, oh my God, get me out of this theater. Let me wake Justin up. He's next to me. He's asleep. Um... So we so if that gets retconned, he'd be in the MCU. He's in the Hunger Games. He's in the Star Wars universe. Uh, Zombie Land's not a thing. But but, but that still he's in like that sure. zombie thing. He's been in. Um, I think that's it. Mm, that's it. Yeah. That's Planet it. of the Apes. Oh yeah, he should. That's right. Yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in the last one. So he's done a lot. So he's never. He's gonna... a magician. In like the now you see me. Oh, universes. shut the fuck up! <laughs> that doesn't count as a true detective. Um, like Woody Harrelson, he was in Free Birds. He's been in everything. Anyway, man. people that are not all right. So I just want to point him out. I don't think Amelia Clark's the LVP of the movie. I don't think she's particularly. It could have been anybody. She was so vanilla. good. It, yeah, I think she that's ultimately so a problem with like. I honestly thought that was Felicity Jones. From Rogue One. <laughs> they do have a, an odd resemblance to one another. Well, yeah. Uh, but I think they're both English. Cookie cutter, fucking whatever. Yeah. So I had three people white, written down. White women. I had three people written down as LVP. I already mentioned two of them. I had John Favreau just because his voice was distracting in that character. I had Thandie Newton because she seemed so out of place in that character and what it was in the midst of all that. My LVP, and this is going to be hard to say for me and like where like pop culture is right now is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I didn't like I didn't like that character. droid character at all as a character. And the one thing a lot of these movies have been nailing is droids. Like I think one of the best parts of Rogue One is Alan Tudyk's droid whose name I'm not going to remember off the top of my well, head. Well, because it's Alan Tudyk. But so. he also he does a, he does a good job at it and it's yeah. a good character. But I didn't like the characterization of this droids rights feminist feminist, you know, rah-rah thing. And then her delivery of it is just Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who I enjoy. I haven't watched Fleabag. Uh, she's in everything. She writes everything. She's doing everything now. I like her on SNL. I like her on award shows. I like seeing what I have seen of her. Yeah. But in this, just doesn't fit in the world that we're building. Right. It, it, it honestly felt like, who's hot or about to be hot? Get that person and put them as like this minor droid character. Yeah. And it distracted and took away. Like, the scene where Kira's, like, sitting with her and talking about how, like, 
uh, Lando loves her. And there's a lot of odd, like, sex references in this that are, like, really weird. But particularly, as we just referenced, Han potential or Lando particularly fucking his, his droid is one of them. And her delivery and her lines about such do nothing to help the matter at all. Nope. So is that who you had? Yes. Man, that's crazy. But, hey, that's, that's who it is. All right, so Phoebe Waller-Bridge, the LVP of... Solo. Um, I don't know if I was just going to say based off of that. I do want to give a special shout out to Junus Satuma, or whatever his fucking name is, the guy that took over for um, Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. Chewbacca is the best part of the movie. You can't, you can't give the guy that's Chewbacca the MVP, you know what I mean? Like, I like how he that's not even roars. him making those noises, right? Like, that's not him. I don't think so. Uh... So yeah, um, oh, that was the other thing, another one of those like little Easter egg things, so, uh, that character, uh, the droid, I don't remember what the fuck the droid's letters and numbers are, gets killed, and gets uploaded to the Millennium Falcon, so, like, she's the navigation, so in, like, the, the earlier movies when they're talking about having the best navigation in the system and any voices that are used for it, mm-hmm. same thing as, like, the little fucking... Choichka dice thing hanging at the console. Not everything has to be a thing. Right. It could just be. It could just be. Let people have a fucking imagination or have some kind of their own idea as to what could be happening. That's the definition of imagination. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. Um, there... I hate to ask this because I, I feel like the answer should be no, but is there any Star Wars story that you would be open to seeing that has not been made? So on the on the horizon potentially is uh, an Obi-Wan Chronicles or Adventures. Um, I think a Boba Fett thing is still possible, even though I don't know how you can do it with The Mandalorian now. Uh, there's always been talks of... Uh, like expanding upon the Knights of Ren. Um, is there anything? I'm really happy with the Mandalorian and what they're doing with it. Agreed. Um, I would like to see, you know, what's happened to all of these, you know, creatures. You know? Give me the story of the Ewoks. What's been going on? I mean, in, in The Rise of Skywalker, we saw Wicket and his, and his son or daughter, his child. I can't tell what sex... Ewoks are Ewoks just by looking at them. They. <laughs> That's just a funny joke. I can't help it, folks. It, if you if you can't if you can't appreciate that man, the fuck up. <laughs> it's a funny joke, but you know what? You're probably right. I'm probably right. And I feel bad now. Yeah. So, thank you. Yeah. For for correcting me. Yeah. Um, I like to see what what they have been up to. Um, of course you do. Go watch and, the animated show. Well, I probably will. Just building up to you talking about Bubba Frick. I know it. I'm sorry, excuse Busted. me. Can you slow, slow your roll? So Samantha's favorite roll. part of Rise of Skywalker was fucking Bobo Frick. Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Babu Frick! You thought his name was Bubble Freak. And Bubble you're like, Frick. who's Bubble Freak? And like, his name's like Bubble Freak. Frick. He doesn't go to fucking Coachella. What the fuck is this? Bubble Frick! 
Or the, I like the little dude that was plugging in see through And then Crumb. Where did Salacious Crumb end up? What's he doing? Doesn't he get like swatted and like. Man, but did he survive? Uh, the Snorlax probably ate him or something. Oh my god. That's from Land of the Lost. <laughs> what is that called? No, those are sleeve stacks. The Snorlax? The Pokemon? <laughs> Snorlax. Sarlax? Carmax. <laughs> Carfox. Carfax. <laughs> all the names are dumb. Um, I would like to see all of the creature and like the Jawas. You know, we see them a little bit. Uh, I want to know where are they? Where is, they all ended up? Because all of the planets end up getting destroyed, and so what happens? Do they all like how in Star Trek Vulcan got destroyed, and the Vulcans relocated? Did they all relocate? Uh, Samantha, ever since we watched Rise of Skywalker, will just randomly put her like a, a hand puppet in my face and go "Babu Frick" because it's just annoying to me. This it's like little gibberish. Ever. He's the droid, droid master, master doctor. Was it Rise of Skywalker or was it this movie where at some point somebody goes to like this window and pulls open? It's like, are we ready? And the guy goes, not that. <laughs> it's like, was it this or was I it? Think it was this. Who was even doing it or what was it? <laughs> I don't know. Man. It was, uh, as I referenced it, because again, it's Star Wars. <laughs> so one thing I can't appreciate is like some of the more practical effects they tried to go to. This one didn't have as many as like Rise of Skywalker and like the J.J. Abrams Star Wars movies. But like, I don't know if it was a puppet or some dude in a costume, but it was just this guy. And to me, he was doing. Fucking Carl, uh, this like really weird voiced, like bug eyed monster thing from the Muppets television show that was on ABC a few years ago. I don't know if he was ever in any other show or Muppet iteration. We're gonna watch. <laughs> we're gonna watch. No, but no, his name was Carl. He talked like this. <laughs> and every time I do it, I have to, I have to like let my mouth apart. No, that's not Bell's Palsy. Excuse you. No, it's Ricky Guerrero's dad. I'm Carl. This is my new thing. Is it too chewy? <laughs> I feel like it's chewy. I said chewy, not chewy. <laughs> I can't do this much longer. So if you're going to engage me, engage me in conversation. What's uh, What's one of your favorite things to do? Try to get my lips back together. <laughs> Checking the mail. That's it. Get the fuck out. All right. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, so much. What else on Solo do you have? No, that's it. Yeah, I don't have any stories. <laughs> There's not a single fucking thing that I'm like, I mean, yeah, let's fine. just just cre- just 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 find new fucking things. Just just do try that, huh? You can be in the Star Wars universe, but create new fucking characters and and new mythology and new fucking shit. You know? Yeah, I'm off my soapbox. Uh, you're good? I'm good. Score it. Uh, let's wrap it up. I don't remember who's supposed to go first. I have my score written down, so you can go ahead. <sighs> I mean, we just had a lot of problems, I thought. You know? But I did enjoy parts of it. I thought some of the action was good. I liked Chewie and Han and that backstory. I loved Lando. I loved the games when they were playing the games and stuff like that. Um... I mean, but it was fine. It was fine. No no harm, no foul to me. Um, I don't even remember what I gave, like, the Star Wars movies, though, and I watched them, so I don't know really how to stack this one up against them. Um, I don't know, man. I'm going to give this movie a six. 
six. I'm giving it a five and a half. Yeah, I was going to go five and a half. was but... my score. I was between five and a half and six, and then ultimately I leaned on the side of less just because... What the fuck? My handwriting's horrible. Um, well, my pen's dying now. This card's going to be a mess now. God, God damn it! Whatever it is, pen! That's what happened. Carl was, uh, was using it. My apologies, everybody. Uh... Yeah, it's it's just there. It's not there's a lot wrong with it, but it's nothing major, but it's just enough of, enough wrong with it for it to be something that like I don't ever need to see again, think about again, worry about like it's just cool, you know? Yeah. Without any enthusiasm. That's that's solo. In a nutshell, and that's been the wrap it up series for the most part. In a nutshell, we've had very little success with wrap it ups. Let's let's quickly, so we we have a couple minutes here. Let's quickly go through uh, what we've done for the wrap it up series thus far to this point this year. Uh, we have several more still to go. That it's gonna. We have our schedule mapped up by the way, literally through January, because we have uh, we have a lot still on the docket, which we're gonna get to here in a minute. And then we also have a lot of events going on, like uh, Leprechaun October, which is going to be four episodes. Leprechaun So we've got a lot mapped out. So the Wrap It Up series is going to go into 2021. Uh, so the Wrap It Up series started, if I'm not mistaken, this year. It started with... Did it start with Frozen? I do believe so. I'm looking. Hold on. It started... No, it started with Mamma Mia. So, Mamma Mia, here goes it again, which was a six. Then it went to Frozen, which was also a six. That's because of me. Um, then we went to... The next wrap it up was The Amazing Spider-Man 2, a four and a half. Then we went to... Uh, Pitch Perfect 2 and 3, a five and a half and a 2.75. Oh my gosh. Then next was Dr. Sleep, our, our sole gem of the bunch so far, a 9.25 for Dr. Sleep. You're welcome, everybody. Then Ocean's 8, a 3. And then uh, this. And then next week... I'm real excited for next we week. We have Pacific Rim Uprising, which is the next installment of our Wrap It Up series. Uh, I will briefly go back and share what those original Star Wars movies got now that we've uh, scored Solo. Uh, so, the original Star Wars trilogy... What are they? Here they are. Uh, Star Wars, A New Hope got an 8. Empire Strikes Back got an 8.25. And Return of the Jedi got a 9. Which I know is a controversial opinion from a lot of people. And then Force Awakens would have gotten... You got a 10. A ten. No, I didn't get a 10. I didn't get a 10. Force Awakens got... Where is it? It's going to be before Rogue One, I'm pretty sure. Force Awakens... Where the fuck is it? I mean, i got to come up with some other fucking new fang dangled system here, you man. Here it is. It got a uh, 8.75. 8.75. Uh, and then Pacific Rim, which we'll again share next week, really. But Pacific Rim 1... I know it was not great because I was not a fan of it. Got a 4.25. You get the first Pacific Rim a 5. You've been all this shit. I had to buy this fucking movie. And it wasn't even above anything but a 5. 
Look at your eyes going back and forth. I mean, proof's in the cards. I think you manipulated the cards. No, I... So, I really like the lore. And I think I said this on that show. I... Don't go back and listen to it, so I couldn't tell you what I said. Um, I like the whole kaiju and everything. I like all of that. But what's his face? Charlie Hunnam. Oh, who? Exactly. Ruined it for me. Ruined it for me. And the girl who they got to play... Rinko Kikuchi. Kikuchi Minucci. I didn't like... They had no chemistry. And the whole thing is that they have to have chemistry. Like, that's the whole point of drifting together. We'll, like, s- we'll see what uh, John Boyega can do. With- John Boyega can't, is gonna, he's going to kill it. He's going to do great. Oh, we'll see. That's next week's and episode. McCavity is going to... Oh, wait, he died. <laughs> I'm so gone. sorry. Uh, then after Pacific Rim, we have a, a surprise, something special for y'all, and then we go back into King of Comedy, then we got Watchmen, and then we got the next Rapid Up movie, which I'm not going to announce yet, I'll announce on next week's episode, because it's going to be a surprise to you all based on what we've previously discussed about the Rapid Up series. So, uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe if you get your podcast. Uh, make sure you're going to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for, uh, help with the Arcade Audio family. For $5 a month, you can get bonus content and listen to our network series. Uh, for when you're hearing this, this Saturday will be episode 10. We've been doing this 10 weeks. Can you believe it? Um, so keep listening there. Eventually, we're going to be doing a special uh, regular episode of Married with Movies based off of that. Send us your thoughts on the show a variety of ways at Mary W. Movies on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Mary with Movies, and at Mary W. Movies on Twitter, which I think I just said twice, Mary with Movies at gmail.com. You couldn't tell because you never pay attention to what I'm doing. What? You couldn't do these plugs if you. Yes, I could. You couldn't. We'll try it next week then. Okay. Anything else? No. From Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Mary with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. You're you're Chewy and I'm Han, one hundred percent. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I rip people's arms off and you drive us around everywhere. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's exactly what happens in our life. Fucking life. a. Yeah. 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 Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.